The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, back after a long hiatus and a war with technology. Joined, as always, by my co-conspirators, Brian Scott Rippey and Andrew Stevens. Fellas, how are we today? Um, 15 seconds away from driving to Austin again to personally kick your ass, but I'm um, glad you got all of your computer shit worked out or sorry to hear that or what the fuck ever. I don't know. I'm glad to have warmer weather, and I would be damn glad to never see snow ever again in my life. It was like 70 over the weekend at one point, and I was like, honestly, just sat outside for an hour doing nothing just because. Dude, the, the, so the, the weather in Austin, I think it was two weeks ago now, um, when the forecast just read, oh, it's going to snow Sunday night, Monday morning, and then it's going to just be kind of cold throughout the week. And I said, all right, cool. That's fine. It's the what's the Brandy meme? Yeah, good. Okay. And then <laughs> and then by Monday night you find out that like the entire state's infrastructure has failed on a spectacular level. And then you're just uh Yeah. So we <laughs> I luckily didn't lose power. Don't know how living in Austin. I'm not I'm not sure if, if our listeners are aware, but this podcast is actually um, a public entity. This is the, this podcast is owned and produced by the state, um, but we are looking to go a little Texas power grid here. So if there are any crooked uh, energy executives that would like to take us private, um, that is something that we can certainly discuss off air. I didn't lose power either somehow, and I, I got incredibly lucky, although I didn't know that at the time, and I went back to check uh, in between storms and almost died doing that, so that was that was cool. Yeah, you said your, your windshield just, like, is no more, right? Pretty much. It, I mean, it's not, like, shattered, but, like, it was one of those things, you know, you get a cracked windshield, and you're like, I hope this doesn't spread. This had cracked and spread from side to side before I even had known what had happened as I'm slipping and sliding on ice on Texas's horse shit roads. Like I was sitting there at one point, I was like, God damn it. Like I always thought I would go out in like pretty cool fashion. And it's, it, I envisioned it a hell of a lot cooler than flipping over going 35 on some bullshit interstate in Texas. Cause you can't even see the roads. Cause they don't know what salt is. I simply hate when my crack spreads. Um, I, I, <laughs> I 
I've been a, I've been a, I mean, over, I want to say the majority of my adult life, at least a summer is overrated and albeit almost maybe even bad truther, uh, just as someone that has dealt with 95 degree heat and whose life operates on the life of, uh, the sports schedule. I've always sort of thought once you graduate from high school, summer just becomes uh, dumb bullshit and hot. But this summer, uh, summer I think is, or this winter I think has been so fucking annoying that summer has been elevated to at least the three spot um spring fall spring still number one it's still just bullshit that you can't live anywhere that's 70 degrees all the time that's not california um but in general i would rather sweat my dick off than than be uh contained to inside six months out of the year but um it was like eight. Do, do y'all know that like first weekend when you like walk outside and it's not like hot. It's not like the heat that normally like sucks your breath away. But like the moment you start walking, you kind of feel that little back sweat and like the breeze isn't coming like it used to. And like I had one of those days walking in my neighborhood and I was like, oh, it's oh, it's almost here. And I'm I'm kind of pissed about it. Yeah, it, it's bad as a as a lifelong back sweater. Um, it's usually one of my least favorite days of the year when you first feel that. It's a warning shot. It's not, you know, (laughs) it's not a full on tank assault, but yeah, it's like the weather shooting a gun in the air and saying, I'm coming. Very much a Southern problem because I remember being in Cincinnati, Ohio and getting there in late May. And of course, you get to July and dudes are bitching about it being like 88 with some humidity. And I was like, honestly, this feels great. And like I'm having to wear pants at work and they're complaining about this. And, you know, it's 104 in Oxford with, you know, can barely breathe because the air is so thick. You know what's funny is a place that like I really think outside of just straight up all of the uh, normal reasons for it to just suck hot trash, but a place like Washington D.C. it just has to be the most dog shit unbearable place to to operate weather wise because it's like you're getting all of the the horrible summer unpredictability that we have but you can also like just not go outside for three months out of the year like for for the most part like february has been kind of pleasant down here but like Mm -hmm. you are going to be suffering with us mid-june and mid-july and you're still suffering right like what are you doing there you fucking careerist bitch (laughs) what i didn't learn about dc until maybe like five six years ago when people would say the term drain the swamp I thought they always meant that purely figuratively, right? It's like, yeah, man, it's just like there's a bunch of bad people here and we need to, you know, get corruption out of politics. And then I learned like, oh, no, they literally just built our nation's capital on a swamp. No, Yeah, just- literally. <laughs> the, the area between Mitch McConnell's legs has to be dredged. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, no. So you get every bad thing that comes with living on or near a swamp. <laughs> And then just like the worst winners also. What's what's the purpose of living in D.C. if you're not a lobbyist? <laughs> KP, I know that you are normally the one that uh, expertly sticks our transitions. But I think if we're talking about swamps, this is time to uh, – we've glossed over every single other potential storyline due to our not recording for, I don't know, either two weeks or two months. Um, Eric Gilbert has decided to enter his name back into the transfer portal. And I don't really care about individual, like individual kids. Mm -hmm. Um, 
transfer decisions. But I am very intrigued about just systemic rot, and that systemic rot, I think, its name and face is Dan Mullen. Um, so uh, at least before we jump into anything else, can we touch on um, – our, I guess, just wrap around on how Dan Mullen has managed to uh, become an unbearable cretin this month out of the year. So in the weirdest and possibly worst college football year of all time, uh, when people are transferring and getting extra years of eligibility at rates unseen before the history of the sport, uh, one of the SEC's four or five flagship programs couldn't get a transfer in like, <laughs> like, like any, like if this, if Saban tried to do this, if Kirby tries doing this, hell man, even if Jimbo tries doing this, like, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll get Eric Gilbert in. How bad does the SEC office hate Dan Mullen that they just, <laughs> that they just wouldn't let him take a transfer. Every other transfer in the country has been taken. What a weird story, too, like in terms of the path this kid's taking. I guess their chapter is going to be uh, – I mean, it has to be somewhere outside the SEC at this point, right, wouldn't you think? I guess it doesn't have to be, but when you go LSU to Florida, like what is the next move for the kid? Uh, personally, I would love for it to be uh, – It's got to be Juco about, probably, right? Uh, I would like it to be uh, 45 miles uh, northeast of Atlanta, but I, I don't know how realistic that's going to be right now. <laughs> now, if Eric Gilbert shows up on campus in Athens, like <laughs> Scott Strickland's going to rise from the dead and bomb the city. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Foley is I don't think Jeremy Foley's dead but I think Jeremy Foley is going to uh to to rise from whatever um uh, mid-Atlantic swamp that he's currently uh, basking in he's gonna firebomb Sanford Stadium if that happens (laughs) so so it's it's gotta be Juco right like just go Juco and then do whatever you want after that he's he's only he's still 19 or whatever right I mean, he and Jason Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> and that soccer player, Mbappe, or whatever the fuck his name was. Oh, yeah. I think that's the kid that's supposed to be better than Messi. I, you, you know what really is funny is, like, uh, the, the way that I found myself consuming um, – and I had to catch myself, though. Like, the way I found myself consuming college football over the last, like, three months is I feel like how the way that I consume a sport that, like, I don't know how any of the rules operate. But, like, I see enough of the names consistently where it's like, oh, yeah, like, Neymar signed with PSG. Like, I guess that's kind of cool. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know the implications of that i have no idea like what that means like i don't know what the numbers on it i don't know what 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 soccer what that does to the landscape of the sport i'm just like oh yeah they uh the ucf's got a new coach oh what's his i think i've heard of his name before i'm not really like like it's just like i i've been consuming this this sport that i have clinically addicted to in like a weird passive fan mentality but it's like what do you latch on to right now i know we as three podcast hosts should probably be able to come up with some sort of storylines but uh writing anything down would be uh an affront to our moral code you have how about the disparity in spring ball remember how spring ball like it wasn't always perfectly uniform but now you got florida who's already started and then kiffin who wouldn't announce a spring date for a while was just like yeah we're gonna get this shit cranked up at the uh end of march like the the disparities on when spring starts and begins now i think because of this pandemic and after it is, it's fairly bizarre and also 
I don't know about you guys. Andrew and I were talking about this before we uh, before we started rolling on. Like, spring doesn't really have the same kick to it like it has been, and maybe that's just pandemicish. But are any of y'all fired up for spring ball? <laughs> not a not at all for me, and it's because. So normally Alabama has theirs about like at the end of they have like one practice and then players go on spring break for like half the week and then they come back. So and that's always in March for Bama. So that was just not a thing last year. And this year it's like who cares like this the game is going to be like 20% capacity. I already know who's starting a quarterback. I yes. <laughs> there's no I have zero interest in spring ball this year. Zero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest, Rippy, when you had said that one, I'm I'm just really trying to process that it's March first again, um, and two, that like I I hadn't even like thought of the concept of spring football happening in in just like I was like oh like as you mentioned that I was like oh yeah I guess I guess they do practice in the springtime yeah I guess there I guess there are games that <laughs> occur uh, before there there's an intra squad scrimmage if you will sometime in the month of April um, but I mean George like which is like annoying because I know that like at least this year once I get vaccinated and, and like things start at least like getting planned and put back on the schedule I know that like with this Georgia team I'm actually going to get excited for it again but I just can't like I still feel like it's it's feigning like I feel like if I invest in something right now it's going to get taken away from me like it's like no if I think about this season and I think about JT Daniels and I think about like oh they really did bring back a lot I mean a lot on the offensive lines Mir White's come back I don't know it's just going to be like uh no coronavirus two uh more coronavirus and Andrew's going to have to stay in Louisiana away from Sanford again. Um, and so like, I feel like I can't even, I, I can't even get into it. The thing that got the ball rolling back for me, I think, and maybe this is just a theory, but you have to like, like be spoon fed the medicine again. So two, uh, two weekends ago, they had that college baseball classic or whatever here in Arlington, which is, you know, as the crow flies a mile from where I'm sitting right now. So I had a couple friends come in town because Ole Miss was playing in it. And the first day, one, you didn't know if it was going to happen because if, uh, if, uh, aside from a pandemic, you have the snow apocalypse and a crumbling infrastructure in Texas, but they decided to go forward with it. And I walked through that stadium not really knowing what to expect or what it would look like. But one, brand new ballpark. Two, the Saturday game for Ole Miss, they had about 17,000 people in there, um, which I was kind of surprised with and just because you know that many people traveling. They did a good job spacing everyone out. But I guess long story short – it felt normal again when you weren't putting a mask on to go walk to get concession stands or go anywhere other than your seat. When you sat down in your seat, it felt like kind of normal-ish again, and that kind of got me excited for live sporting events. And I don't think I would have ever kind of like felt that or gotten reinvested if I hadn't like sat there for an hour or two and like you know felt the sound of the crowd again and felt like you know the world was normal for two and a half hours despite it being anything but. Rip just Rip just loves the sound of the glove, the crack of the the crack of the ball on the bat. It's like when you haven't heard <laughs> like, been in a live sporting event for over a year. It was weird. Like I was looking around, I was like, "Shit, I forgot what this is like." Yeah, even, hit somebody. Rip, I'm in the same boat. Even as Bama had the season that they were having last year, it still didn't feel like something that I completely cared about. It was something that I watched because it was on and, you know, my Twitter timelines talking about it, but I'm, I wasn't like fully into it. And then I, you know, got a chance to go to the Cotton Bowl, I guess the Rose, whatever, the game that was in Jerry World, right? And then 
And just like that says, that says all you need to know about the season. <laughs> then I went to the Rose Bowl in a parking lot in Texas. <laughs> and then I, I like, like you said, I sat down in my seat. It's like I, I saw the team run out. I heard a recording of our fight song because the bands didn't travel. And it's like, all right, cool. Like this is, I, I enjoy this. I forgot because it's been over a year since I've been to a football game. But hey, I like college football a lot. <laughs> And it's nice to of it. Yeah, exactly. But what happens when it's, you know, in Alabama and Georgia's case, 80 or 90,000 again? Like, do you involuntarily piss down your leg because you don't know what to do with yourself? Like, I mean, this was 16,000 people. And I was like, this kicks ass. Like, can you imagine actually? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, we are still approaching uh, one year now. So March seventh, twenty twenty, was my last uh, live sporting event that I attended. Um, it was Georgia versus LSU basketball in Baton Rouge, and oh, no. I watched uh, Georgia lose by thirty, and future number one pick Anthony Edwards go three for twenty from the field. Ant Man, Ant Man. That is the last sport, a real sporting event to encapsulate what the rest of my year was going to be. My last sporting event before the Cotton Rolls Jerry Bowl was actually at Madison Square Garden when I was still up in New York. It was Tom Hanks night, so the night, so the night Tom Hanks got it, and like the night they suspended that Jazz Thunder game, and then the rest of the NBA season. So pretty when Rudy. When Rudy Gobert tried to kiss Donovan Mitchell. So, so we, were, we were all three right up to the finish line then because I my last sporting event was March 10th. The day before, I was visiting MC in Dallas now, um, still living in Oxford, for my birthday, and we had gone to a Stars-Rangers game. And we went, and like, you know, no one's saying anything about it. And I was like, man, I don't get to go to sporting events because I was still working in media. And I was like, this kicks ass. I could do this more often. And then as I'm driving home the next day, uh, the Rudy Gobert thing happens. I was like, well, glad I did that while I could. Cause this is I, th- I just think that shows how sports poisoned we are. Cause it's like, it's interesting, but it's like, dude, I don't give a shit about the quarterfinals of the biggest tournament. Right. <laughs> like Andrew, Andrew is a Georgia grad, but he's not like crazy about dogs, basketball. Rippy. I don't like, do you have a favorite hockey team? Like I, no, I grew up going to Preds games before Preds games were cool because my grandparents uh, lived there and my grandfather, his uh, job, they used to have tickets because you used to couldn't give those things away. And now it's like the hottest ticket in Nashville. So, like, I guess I grew up a Preds fan, but to act like I watched hockey other than going to the games is a lie. So, you, you, you know, what's funny is I think each of us would spend uh, $2,500 for a ticket just to attend the exact same sporting event that, that, that we last went to. <laughs> I, would, I, I would, I would pay so much money to watch Anthony to, to me lose for me to lose all faith in Anthony Edwards ability as a pro. Cause the thing is our, our mindsets back then were so different too. Cause I don't know about you guys. I was just thinking, oh man, two months and we're good. Like we're, we're going to be home free by Memorial day. <laughs> The I remember I, so I was working in Baton Rouge as the the athletic director at a, at a school and like they straight a school was canceled and so or, or went to online and they were like yeah w- 
I was like, I'm going to be off for 45 days. I was like, I can't even comprehend what that's going to be like. And now here I am like day fucking 355. And I was like, if I have to answer more than three emails today, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I remember getting back to Mississippi <laughs> that night during the Rudy Gobert thing and being like, yeah, this is kind of weird. But I was Sean Farnham of all people was on ESPN saying that he thinks this is the last college basketball game anyone has ever seen this year. And I'm texting a couple of guys that work in a couple of dudes that I know that like work on coaching staffs or in ops or whatever. I was like, get a load of this dickhead overreacting for likes on television and uh, jokes on me. Cause <laughs> we had no idea what was coming. Egg on my face. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Cause just, well, just thinking like, ah oh, man, definitely not going to regret buying that flight early um, down to Birmingham for the, <laughs> <laughs> for the Alabama Georgia game in October, yeah, like, we'll, we'll be good by then. Late October, oh hell yeah! <laughs> well, something that I feel like just th- this gets completely memory hold is we straight up just didn't have sports for like four months. Yeah, like from March 11th until the NBA started again on the fucking end of July, there were just no sports on. Yeah, there was I, horrible. There was Korean. Like, I don't enabled Tiger King. There was Carl Ravage calling Korean baseball in his basement in his underwear, and that was it. That, <laughs> That's all. He they, had. Sh- they straight up went out and bought Korean baseball rights, so fucking media addicted uh, sycophants on on New York Twitter would be appeased. I watched the first game. I was like. Wow, this is like this is something, and they're all wearing masks in the field. I was like, well, this. You know, at least it's something. And then, of course, I was like, you know what? I'll get into this. And 48 hours later, I was like, oh, fuck the KBO. I don't know what this is. You guys, How remember, much- you guys remember the oh, horse competition the NBA tried to pass off? Oh, well. my God. That was so bad. I'm telling you, you could straight up just have a live recording of me trying to do this podcast on the toilet with diarrhea, and it would have been the same. <laughs> It was so it, it so okay. How much? Um, the one good thing that I found out that I just completely forgot about is now I'm gonna I, I, I'm booking a flight for later this year. I have now like two hundred and sixty dollars in Delta credits just because I was like, oh yeah, those were weddings that I was supposed to attend, and fuck me. <laughs> okay. Spe- speaking of weddings, I, I wanted you guys' opinion on this. I- I have. A, yes, yes, I, I do, KP. One of my friends is getting married in late July in Birmingham. And I know at that point I, I will feel safe enough because either I will be vaccinated or enough people at risk will be vaccinated. I don't feel uncomfortable getting on a plane um, and heading down there for that. So what's to know? By late July, will we be mask free? Ooh. Uh, okay, so here's it's a sixteen my, months after the shit started. So, so here's my take on this entire thing: is it like like I think that we've all come to like realize this? There is not one. You know what the coronavirus, uh, the way that they're handling this, very emblematic of college football with just a bunch of stupid as shit states battling it out for the same amount of resources against each other. Um, but I, I, I think that. There, like, there's not just going to be one day where it's like, oh yeah, country's open, enough people are vaccinated, that's super cool. But like, there also, I feel like, has to be this conversation that has to be had that it's like, 
y'all do realize, like, if we're going to all operate in reality here, there is never, ever going to be an America where zero coronavirus cases exist. Like, that's just not the world that, like, like, we can't do that. We are too stupid. We are too unorganized. We are too yada, yada. And so if they end up saying the 70 to 80% is going to be where you're at for herd immunity, what I would imagine, and it's obviously going to happen probably more on like a city by city basis, not even a state by state basis, just because, I mean, I'm sure we're well familiar, like, New Orleans has different laws than Baton Rouge. And and, and so I, I don't think that there will be just this this broadening. Um, but there is going to have to just like be a point where like we kind of whatever the rollback is, be like, OK, we are comfortable now living our lives because we at least have enough data on. I don't know how Israel got the data, but like it looks like these vaccines actually do prevent transmission too, or like up to like 90%. And so like, I think if we're willing to have the conversation that, all right, we are never going to drive this to zero, then yeah, I do think that like by, I'll call it football season or I'll call it Labor Day, um, that like reasonable non-immunocompromised people will be able to be like out in public without a mask. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. I would lean no towards uh, mid-July KP's timeline just because I think like you're seeing the kind of like you're starting to gear up towards kind of more increased capacity. Like the governor of Mississippi is going to increase capacity to baseball stadiums and stuff. I think tomorrow or the next day, because actually currently under his current orders, you can go sit inside a high school gymnasium at 50 percent, but not a 10,000 seat outdoor baseball stadium that has to be 15 because that makes a ton of sense. But you're starting to see these gear ramp back up and gear up. But I think we've gotten so used to the mask thing, aside from, you know, the the crazy portion of the population that has just acted like it's some sort of muzzle. I just feel like maybe that'll be the last Band-Aid to to be ripped off. So, like, obviously, Major League Baseball will be in full swing by then. So, like, could you not see a world – maybe this is ambitious, but they say, hey, Major League Baseball, you can basically come close to filling this thing up, like, late July, early August. Don't you think at least just, like, as a – like, don't you think they'll still make them kind of go into the stadium and shit with masks on, even if it's just mostly performative theatrics? Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like the mask may be the last Band-Aid to be ripped off, uh, even once it becomes safe-ish again. I think the mask thing is, at least for me, it's obviously a year from now, if I'm still having to wear a mask in public, then just I'm going to blow up Central Texas. But... <laughs> but for me, it's like, I'm probably going to end up wearing a mask in airports probably the rest of my life or at least like the next like two or three years and i'm okay with that maybe not doing it all the time like going to the grocery store down the street from me at some point i'll like to not have to wear a mask in royal blue grocery but it's like yeah if i'm like in an airport or you know i don't if i'm just like walking to my seat in brian denny stadium and it's shoulder to shoulder and i've got some person's crotch like pressed up against me from all directions like yeah i'm putting my mask on then you know, it's like it's. I'm not. I'm. I'm not, never going to stop wearing masks now. I'll it's say this: How you is it weird how used to it we've gotten? Yeah. Like, it, oh, it's human, so humans, humans normalize shit way too easy. It's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I like <laughs> start feeding me dog food, and I'd be okay with it in six months. Like. <laughs> I, I see. I, I know, but KP's point. I, I think the big delineation is going to be: I'm going to feel comfortable around people that I know without a mask on, mm-hmm. like, like that. And 
I know that's not how fucking viruses work and someone that I know could have, but, but like generally virus I feel res- like I, virus respects dudes rocking. Yes. exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the response, the virus respects camaraderie. Um, and, but like it, I can see a situation in which like at the tailgate, I'm not going to have the mask on. Like I'm going to be hanging out and talking with my friends and like, as KP can, can uh, empathize with this as glasses wearers, it's just a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Cannot uh, you either choose to get coronavirus or see. Um, 85 and, degrees to watch you beat Austin P 45 to 12. <laughs> I fucking love it. Can't wait for JT Daniels to get hurt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can see, like, I can see myself as like, I'm, I'm, I'm just envisioning the way that like, all right, I'm going to go through a typical game day right now. And I'm going to like comment on whether I'd wear a mask or not. Like in a, like waking up, doing all of the hotel stuff, like maybe put it on like in the elevator going out of the hotel lobby. If I'm walking around downtown Athens or like anywhere outside, I'm not going to have one. If it's like a crowded bar or anything, I might put one on at the tailgate. I'm not walking it up to the stadium. I'm not, I'm not, but then probably like the bottleneck going into the game mm-hmm. and then getting concessions bathroom, I'd wear it and then take it off at my seat. Like, I think that would probably be like a reasonable way to operate like football season this year and being able to like, all right, I'm here. I want to participate, yada, yada. But also like, I'm not going to be like actively dumb because I still know there are cases going around. Probably a good policy. Is the 2022 Halloween going to be with COVID attire? I'm going to go ahead and get out in front of that one. That's going to be worn out quicker than anything. Halloween 2022 Dudes wearing masks and all, and carrying on Lysol and shit. That's going to be the go-to what? Halloween costume. I'd say this year, oh, man. I think they're. Oh, it was already there. It was already there in 2020. Like it's 2021, they're going to blow it out. Uh, well, you know that's actually good because then it'll let me slide right in to get that uh, coast off the wave of the Tiger King costume. I mean, people will have just forgotten about it. I'd be like, oh, remember this, guys? Remember coronavirus? Tight. Would not be banjo without a technical <laughs> difficulty. This time it was not KP. It was Rippy. So we are going to be casting stones in that direction. KP dab on them. All right. Is that the first talking? time I've died? I feel like like I feel like I've been baptized. <laughs> it's a rite of passage in these banjo streets. Yeah. Sound baptized through the fire of shitty bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but I I am just so looking forward to the season. I, I I haven't told that many people. It doesn't make any sense not to. Now I've already booked an Airbnb in Tuscaloosa for the Tennessee game this year. It's, it's this, <laughs> this, I like how KP. I like how you prefaced that. Like he was like, I, guys, I gotta like I gotta tell y'all something. Like me and my girl, I think we're taking it to the next level. We're ta- we 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 got an Airbnb. <laughs> That's the <laughs> but but it's not a girl. It's just. KP's relationship with Alabama football. Exactly. It's dude, I haven't been in Tuscaloosa in a year and a half pretty much now. And it's been look, I miss it, man. Um, and the fact that we found an Airbnb like within like 1.5 miles of the stadium for like not an insane price. It's like, yeah, we we bought it immediately as soon as we saw it. There's no question. Well, yeah, see, because now now it's a really like it's a really put your money where your mouth is type situation for me because like as I said, I would pay uh twenty five hundred dollars to watch Anthony Edwards uh, get obliterated by uh, Will Wade's uh, frontline defense, um, <laughs> but, uh, but but then I can't turn around and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to book that trip to Charlotte or like I'm not going to make sure to get Georgia Florida plans like like I'm going <laughs> fucking hog wild this year. Yeah, 
The I'm, tourism stemming from college football is going to rebound in a big way, right? Like, I'm not even talking about just like a market rebound, but whatever the like, you know, this year is normal. Like, there's going to be so many people just being like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm going to spend that extra money and I'm going to take that extra day off of work and I'm going to take this trip because, God damn it, we went a year without this and that really sucked. Go look at ticket prices. I, I, almost, every, almost every ticket to any game you can think of is probably 15% more than it would be under normal circumstances, if not higher than that. Well, that's good because Georgia ticket prices were always trending in a reasonable and sustainable direction. <laughs> Alabama, Tennessee is like, I look today, it's like $195 for the cheapest ticket for Bama, Tennessee. It's never that expensive, especially since the streak started. Jesus. Hold on. Let's get a little. Uh, what do y'all think? Uh, what do y'all think Georgia Clemson get in price is right now? Ooh, three fifty. I was gonna say three three twenty was gonna be my guess. Let's see, Rippy, you got one. Jo- what what game? Georgia Clemson. What, what is the get in price for Georgia Clemson? Ooh, four hundred. Oh my fucking god! It's probably way higher than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seven seventy five. That's, that's get in. Get in. That is to sit in section five thirty. That's there's no way that holds, right? That's, there's no way that holds. But are, like even through the summer, like not even talking about like a week before the game, like through the summer, like no one's paying that. Jesus Christ! But dude, like this is still fucking insane to a ticket to the georgia charleston southern game the cheapest ticket in the stadium is fucking 107 dollars. oh geez that's to get into the there's eventually got to be a correction right because if anything yeah people are going to be eager in the in the short end but isn't there got to be some sort of correction because it was already trending towards to hell with this i'll stay at home and the pandemic had to have reinforced that yeah. See, now that's actually an interesting point. And I don't know if we've actually talked about that. I don't know if there's uh, studies on that because like there's this weird there's this weird balance to where it's like like on the aggregate, people are struggling more financially. And so you're not going to have necessarily those those budget like it's so much cheaper to watch a game at home than it is to do the entire thing. But like I do have to imagine for like if you were to like survey the people who hypothetically like the budgetary concern wasn't necessarily the reason that they had started watching it at home. It was maybe like a comfortability thing or whatever. Like if those people are starting to say like, oh shit, like I like, like, like because humans are dumb. Like we, we like saying no to the option of something. Like we like being able to go to the game and turn, like, like we want to be able to get invited to the party and then say, nah, I'm staying at home. We don't want to not get invited to the party. And yeah. so now that the party was canceled for a year, I wonder if those same people are going to be like, no, like I, I'm just, I, I'm cool sitting and watching it at home like I did in the pandemic year. Or if people are like, nah, I want to, I want to get after it in the Grove or I want to make it to Baton Rouge or, or do whatever. I think if you have kids that also change the calculus on this a ton, because especially if you have small children, they just went an entire football season watching games at home. So you, it's not like they've tasted it and then took it away from them. They just don't know what that's like. And I think that's kind of a godsend. You can just convince them that's the most fun thing in the world. And then, because <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like. I mean, you say Georgia Clubs, and that's an extreme example. But, dude, even Alabama Mercer is $50. That game's no more than, like, $18 most of the time in any other year. So it's like, if you don't <laughs> if you don't have to take your kids to a game, and that's like a that's a $1,000 weekend easily. 
you know, between travel, lodging, and everything else. Yeah. And then you you won't have kids that hate you for forcing them to be college football fans. Yeah. It's like fuck, they'll they'll fuck you, Dad. I hate this. They'll Why go there. You, They'll go their entire lives and just like not ever have a burning desire to go tailgate. And if the, look, there are people I don't imagine how they live like this. They're not crazy about college football; like they enjoy it. But I know some people. That, I was grabbing drinks with a friend on Friday, and they told me, "Oh yeah, I just haven't been back to Tuscaloosa since I graduated. That's fine. I don't really know. It, it would be fun, I guess, but yeah, I don't really want to like spend that energy." And I just looked at. Her like she was crazy. Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you talking about? You haven't been to a game in four years. What's wrong with you? <laughs> also, like, wh- wh- what do you mean spend that energy? What a Donald Trump ass argument. Yeah, the body only has a, a finite amount of energy. I can't be wasting it having fun in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's like I'm going to be very tired and very hungover on Sunday morning in any universe. I'd rather wake up in tea town <laughs> if that's the case. I think that's the biggest thing about the pandemic that has made me just want to do shit, especially like as sports are going to come back is like, I have prioritized like the actual fun part of the weekend now in my mind so much more than like the annoying shit that surrounds it to actually have the fun stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's annoying to book the Airbnb. Yeah, it's annoying to fucking make the drive after work on a Friday. Yeah, you're going to be fucking hungover as shit and you'll have Sunday scaries really bad. But it's also like... We just went an entire year with where three months at a time, like we were saying, with no sports can just get fucking memory hold. So it's like if you don't think that I'm or like if I'm I am in no position to be passing up on opportunities of like, oh, I'm actually going to remember what I did for a weekend. That'd be a nice change of pace. Yeah, there will definitely be a I mean, what I circa I'm going to butcher the year here. But when was YOLO big? Uh, 2011, 2011 was when that album came out. Yeah. Ticket argument aside, because I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, just in terms of trips and stuff like that, whether you go to the game or not, there will definitely be an element of to hell with it. Like, you know, once you lose something like that, you know, social life for that long, I feel like there will be a lot of, uh, particularly in the first half decade, just like to hell with this, I'm going to do it just because and figure it out later. Yeah, there. I mean... I simply need to go to Vanderbilt to just watch Georgia lose again. Uh, that that is some, that is an experience that my soul needs to partake in. I simply need to watch this 285 pound Clemson quarterback throw for I don't know 645 yards. It's like there are certain things, like like you said. I yeah. How much does it cost to fly to Birmingham on an Alabama game weekend? A lot of money. I'm going to pay it and I'm going to be a little annoyed when I do it. But yeah, it's like, this is, this was the plan. I was always going to spend money irresponsibly around the time. So, so if I'm going to <laughs> whole motherfucking time. So if I'm going to do that, it's like, yeah, I'd rather just spend money to fly to the 205 air coach. Like then I got to rent a car. I know I have to rent a car. I can't, I don't know people who live in Tuscaloosa anymore. I can't. And if I do, I can't, they have jobs. They're adults. Can I ask them to come up at, you know, 1 PM on a Friday to pick me up and drive me back? But yeah, so it's it's a lot of money. I kind of wish I didn't like sports. Sometimes I'd have a lot more cash. But <laughs> yeah, this is the life we live. 
KP, that's why we got to in, get into gambling. It just makes everything free. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think that would be the the easiest way to go about this entire thing. We just get really big into sports betting. It will pay for absolutely everything that we need. Uh, I guess that maybe the 22nd episode is probably a good time to mention that we're sponsored by Bet Online. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ad reach. We finally yeah, have that, yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know. I, I'm gonna find this ad copy, man. Hold up. <laughs> no, I don't have them in front of me. But uh, oh, I e- do, if you, eBay, you should buy sneakers off of eBay. Um, all right, here's a little trick. I'm gonna hit. I just hit KP with this. For if you buy sneakers, if you buy sneakers a lot, mm-hmm. um, go into eBay and eBay.com/sneakers and. If you're looking through some shoes that you want, hit it with a little star or the 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 heart little sign next to it because that will alert the seller that you have liked it. And like, I, I mean, I've done that on the last three pairs of shoes that I've bought from there. They have hit me with like, all right, if you buy this within the next three days, I'll knock $30 off. And it's like, oh, this motherfucker just wants to get rid of his shoes. And so my little tip of the trade, you get probably a 10 for 15% discount. Go hard it. They'll message you. Good to go. eBay.com slash sneakers. Also, uh, bet online. Bet betonline.ag. Well, and, and, make and, bets. Andrew, quick question. Um, yeah. you know, a one pair that I'm actually trying to sell is somewhat valuable. Uh it's it it's over a hundred dollars. How much uh-huh. would, how much would it cost me to sell those sneakers on eBay.com slash sneakers? See, the interesting thing is there are no seller fees on sneakers above $100. And the also interesting thing is we are extremely good at transitioning in ad reads. Oh, God. <laughs> We're incredible. We are absolutely unbelievable. And I guess that means we have to talk for another like three or four minutes. So this technically is a mid-roll ad read, not a post-roll ad read. So what we got, folks? Folks, How are we closing this thing out? We haven't talked. To, well, there's two things I want to talk about. Um, one is going to be quick. NCAA is coming out at this point. Anyone listening to this podcast has participated in the discourse. Um, no, no, there's, no. So there's, the, the discourse waits for us, KP. There's a few schools who have just done the whole we are not going to be in this game until players get compensated for their likeness. And it's like, yeah, they're going to get compensated for their likeness before the game comes out. That's like guaranteed. There's no, like, why is Tulane? Just like try to be holier than thou and saying they'll hold out of the game. They're just gonna make New Orleans University and they'll just it'll have to be green and white and that'll be that. KP uh, exactly I mean, the I mean, there. It's just grandstanding, right? It's an opportunity to just say grandstand. Because to your point, like like it's not like it's not some more like it's not a moral high ground stance, or at least not a legitimate one. Like they're going to be compensated before the game comes out. Notre Dame did it too. I'm surprised Michigan. Like, do you think Michigan's like, fuck, I wish I would have thought of that? Like, that seemed like the other school to follow suit. Yeah. No, these are like Notre Dame is like the Joe Manchin of like the NCAA licensing process to where it's like he's just going to be, for those unfamiliar, Joe Manchin is like the rightmost leaning Democratic senator. And so if there's a 50-50 split in the Senate, you kind of have to cater to the rightmost leaning guy because you'd be like, I'm going to withhold my vote if you don't do what I say. Notre Dame, I feel like, is a lot like that to just to where it's like, no, they're just going to extract the concessions that they need to because they recognize that you have to have Notre Dame or Michigan or whoever in one of these games. And so like they get to present the whole 
holier than thou angle because like KP said, they know that these people are going to be compensated in some way, shape or form. And so like whenever some sort of bullshit comes out or they need to issue a PR campaign or whatever, they will then be able to have the background of like we weren't going to sign our licensing agreement unless they paid these kids. Like, fuck off. Like our good friend Alex Kirshner said on um, his podcast of whenever this news first came out, it's like, yeah, Kirby's Kirby smart's not going to walk into someone's living room and have a recruit ask him, why can't I play as myself in this game? And why, but, but why can I play as myself if I commit to Bama or Auburn or something like that? It's not going to happen. It's it, it won't happen. So. No, I mean, that's one of the big like, like, or it will happen and they will realize within one recruiting cycle that they fucked up. Yeah. Speaking of recruiting cycles, the other thing I want to talk about, we are the world's most interest, most ethical, not the most interesting college, oh, oh, college, college football podcast. Um, folks, the eyes of Texas are in the news again. Um, no, oh, no, yeah. no, no. I hate why. why? And for and so a lot of emails and group chats and what have you leaked today were released. I don't know whatever the terminology is because I don't know how they actually came out of some big name, um, pretty prominent Texas boosters um, threatening to withhold donations if the eyes of Texas weren't played. And obviously, they donate so much money to the school, especially the athletic department, and they think they run it. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're a school of that stature, you do not run. If you're listening to this, you do not run that university. The athletes run that university. Okay. Like P- <laughs> Colt McCoy made you millions and millions of dollars. All right. Not you. Okay. <laughs> not your employees at your oil company. Right. Vince Young is the reason why they got to add a new wing on a DKR. Not you. Right. Um, I- I I'm just going to simply say this to any booster that that talks this way. No, you won't. No, you won't. Your life is literally to be a big swinging dick around here. The mm-hmm. only social capital that you have, the only way that your the the fucking serotonin is released in your brain, the only way that you can convince yourself that you're not a fucking miserable sad sack of shit is by your affiliation to this university and basically like KP said, by your affiliation to these unbelievable athletes. And so no, you are not going to do dog shit if they say uh, we're going to stop playing the fucking racist song because it's racist um, you are going to shut up and you are going to donate the money that is required to maintain your suite because it's the only thing that will maintain your social status in your stupid fucking middle Texas uppity world sorry mm-hmm. I'm done agree but it brings up an interesting I guess like I don't know inflection point is the right phrase but what you said is true like who actually has the power here it's the players and whomever but at the same time, this is not the first time this trick has been used. And as someone who used to cover Ole Miss, mm. it's used quite often in some places. But whether or not like they actually had the power or not, a lot of places, this shit works. So I'm actually curious to see what the Texas Athletic Department does about this and to see where this actually goes. Because y'all are both right, and I agree wholeheartedly. More technical mm. issues on my part. But I was all I was saying is, one, I agree wholeheartedly with both of you about who actually has the power here. But what's interesting about this whole thing is that this kind of tactics has worked in the past, particularly at a place like Ole Miss, seen it firsthand quite a few times. The hiring of Matt Luke is like the ultimate tangible evidence of this. So I'm just curious as to where this goes. Because like Ole Miss, they talk about the good old boy network. There's good old boy networks everywhere. You can oh. argue possibly other than A&M. 
this is actually A&M doesn't really have this sort of issue with all their other ones. This is probably the largest good old boy network in existence. And despite them not actually having the power, these sort of tactics have worked in the past. So I'm curious where this goes. Is this the dawning of a new age or does the athletic department cower to this? Because it sounds like, you know, from a football coach's perspective, Tom Herman and all the contextual reporting in this piece and around it didn't cower to this. And that probably didn't win him any, win him the benefit of the doubt at the end. Sarkeesian, while new, doesn't appear to be vehemently opposed to it. I don't know if you can blame him, you know, six weeks into the job, you know, taking some kind of stand like this against rich dudes. I guess what all I'm saying is I'm interested to see where this goes. Is this the dawning of a new day or does the money win out again in the end? And I say the money, the money that is, I guess, uh, you know, coming in that you can count on from donors, obviously players bringing in more money. I'm just fascinated to see which side actually wins here. I think it's the players and the school and like the right side of it, but it wouldn't shock me because again, athletic departments have cowered to this in the past. I think it's the players for sure in that, as Andrew said, there's the old, at the end of the day, those old dudes are just not going to watch Texas, you know, boycott a, a football game. No, like, Whatever it takes to get those five-star players, and they'll do. Like, Caden Stern's one of the best safeties in the country. And he came on and tweeted. It's like, yeah, we had alumni threaten us like that we couldn't get jobs in the state of Texas if we, you know, kneeled or didn't participate in the eyes of Texas. But it's like, why? Like, why would you ever alienate your five-star All-American safety like that? What's also, imagine, imagine thinking that you could bar someone from getting a job in the state of Texas. Exactly. Like the fucking, the fucking inflated sense of self-importance that you could possess there. I'm oh, sorry. I'm still, I still mildly stroked out from forgetting that Steve Sarkeesian is the head coach at the university of Texas. That yeah. just, just sent me into a, 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 a mild episode right there. I, I mean, they made an entire 30 for 30 about this kind of tangentially when uh, in pony excess, when, you know, they, said the reason SMU got good was because booster like SMU alum boosters were just tired of getting shit on in the office all day. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. And when you and when you take it deeper than that, it's I didn't realize the geography of Texas really until I moved here. Austin's less than three hours from Houston. Waco's in between it. I'm only three hours from Dallas right now sitting in Austin. Dallas and Houston are what two and a half, maybe three hours on a bad day apart. It's like it's a unholy triangle of and, oh, college stations in the middle of that too there's a terrible bermuda triangle just right there in texas where it's just like a million alums from those schools it's like yeah if a like, word travels <laughs> if you're a bag man for a&m and you say oh hey um i heard that guy offered you like 30k uh that guy used the n-word in a leaked group chat about the eyes of texas <laughs> about the eyes of texas so that's, I think the players are going to win out because they don't have any, like that's, it's the labor force and that's a whole other argument, but also the same argument, but it's, it's your labor force. If they walk out, if they don't perform, then the product doesn't get made. And this, KP. this is a battle that's not all too uncommon, like in college athletics, but like the quotes from that Texas Tribune article that they were able to uncover were like, I mean, holy shit. Like, I mean, I know the one that's kind of making the rounds was the one guy who was like, I mean, I, I'm probably butchering this to some degree, but it's like, it's a shame these blacks are offended by this and they're free. Like he said, I think he said they're free now and they are free to go elsewhere if they don't like it. Did y'all see this? Am I talking out of crazy here? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, saw, yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, I saw that. Like, and you're asking, you're asking the wrong person. Like, holy shit, I can't believe this was said pub like publicly, I guess, you know, out loud. 
for the lack of a better phrase. Yeah, yeah there is certainly um, uh, a, a brashness about the Texas boosters that uh, I don't think consequences have ever played into the uh, the speaking calculus. Um, and I no, I, to be completely honest, um, I was just totally unaware that this was a story. And I know the bit of Andrew not paying attention to college football as certainly getting tired, especially in my own brain. But um, I swear to God, I had no idea that this stuff was even rumbling. I knew the song. I knew that they didn't want to play the song, but I just figured that the song, well, yeah, racist, outdated, antiquated, shouldn't have it. Didn't realize that there was um, as many threats as as there were uh, bubbling under the surface. It's like, look, if I'm a Texas booster and there's a five star quarter, like, I, like uh, Quinn Ewers, right? He's apparently the best prospect since Trevor Lawrence, and he's currently committed to Ohio State. It's like at this point, it's like, hey, whatever I need to do to get this kid in Austin, I'm going to do it. You know, and if, if there's a five-star running back that's like, look, man, I don't like the eyes of Texas. All right, stop playing the fucking eyes of Texas, man. Get the five-star running back in there. It's very simple. Yeah. It's a very simple concept. And what's crazy, Texas just committed a quarterback who is top. I can't remember the kid's name, but I, I happen to be reading this because I think it was a follow-up to you know this article. It's a top four quarterback in the country. I think he's a 2022 kid, but he's a young black kid. Like he commits three days ago, and this comes out. What do you, what do you think that he's thinking? Like, uh, yeah, see, like, what? It's, just, it's not smart by any like stretch. Of it's a terrible problem to have. I feel no. bad. For, I don't feel bad for the AD. The AD has a mess on his hands, and I don't know. Uh, how he plans to handle this. Oh, what's going to happen when everyone comes to camp in the summer and they play the eyes of Texas and then they all start talking to each other about how racist the song is while they're on Texas campus. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I think, uh, I think going full circle on uh, just two uh, lecherous programs being uh, the University of Florida and the University of Texas is probably a good way to uh, sum up this, um, let's call it uh, technology-filled episode. Um, <laughs> yes. Do we, uh, do we have any closing thoughts, gentlemen? I just want to say, if anyone's planning on traveling for college football this fall, Flights are a different story. Get that Airbnb now. Don't don't fool yourself. Just they're gonna go quick. I still don't know what the eyes of Texas. Rip is. the man with the best internet connection uh, west of the Mississippi. What you got? <laughs> I don't know what's going on tonight with this internet. I'm gonna have to uh, uh, cut back on some of these questionable sites. I was just gonna say I still don't know what the eyes of Texas is. That's that's probably for the best at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and on that note, um, I'm going to uh, go watch Anthony Edwards highlights and cry into a pillow. Love it, man. We'll see y'all we'll next time. Yeah.